Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. This episode is with Mason Hill. Now, this was really cool. Uh, a band that we've played with quite a few times. Uh, a band that has been on a journey for a long time. I didn't realise how long um, it's taken them to bring out this first album. That was intriguing in itself. Um, yeah. Because... I don't know how you felt, Shane. Like, before this, I didn't really know a lot about Mason Hill, even though they've been around for a long time. Um, it's nice now. I think we've opened up, I don't know, it's a credit. I, I don't want to come across wrong, but it's almost like a credit. We've opened up a, a door for other bands now to kind of be more open about themselves. Um, it's a yeah. different era. You know, there was a lot that was kind of behind closed doors with rock bands. We've talked about this before, and but we've kind of connected with our fans and it seems like your Mason Hills and other bands like that are doing the same, um, which is cool because you find out more about them. Sad news this record uh, was in the making, like. Yeah, absolutely, but and, and hearing James talk about him and Scott going to school together and, and they wrote songs in high school and then some of those songs ended up on the new album and and it's a, it's a debut album. So, yeah, I mean, it is mad because, as you said, Mason Hill has been around for as long as we've been around. But I didn't realize how young they were, and I didn't realize, yeah, it's mad. You don't realize those things. You just see a name on a poster, or you, you, you say hi on a festival or something, and that's kind of it. But um, Crowcast is really opening up the uh, the bands. Um, yeah, it was just a really cool insight to how they started and their journey, which, like I said, has been it's been a long one. They've got everything right which which is important in the background, and I'm talking the um your your, your team. People don't realise when you're in a band, you you do as much as you can, don't you, Shane? As a band, you're always like scraping and 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 emailing people, and and then you start forming a record label or a management team, and then PR, and to get that right team in place, it's it's just it's it's a different ball game, then, isn't it? It is bad, and they're fortunate now. They have got those right people in place because they've they have gone through the mill a bit. You know, off backstage, they've told us some stuff and what have you. And um, so it's great to see a young band finally getting over that line, getting that first album out, and um, doing things right. Yeah, good lads, really good lads. We had we had a good we had a good chat with them. Fair play. Yeah, and yet again, um, this is a visual episode. It is episode 50, which is available on YouTube, our YouTube channel. And anything you want to find out, you can always head over to www.thosedamncrows.com. Everything you need is in one place. But it's a very cool visual episode. Um, a lot about James and Scott growing up, quite similar to myself and Shane. They've known each other since school which is really cool. When we did this episode, um, the guys are currently sitting at number six in the UK official charts, which is incredible. We've been there in the bro. And you could see they were going through all the same emotions. Yes. That roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. Um, I hope they hold on for that top 20 or top 40, whatever it is, but they've done themselves proud. It's a great album against the wall. Good luck to the boys. And yet again, some more live music, mate, who we are. Um, yet again, Crowcast evolving. It's brilliant. Class bet. Music, videos, dude, we got it all. We got it all. It's like a modern day TFI Friday. It's just <laughs> on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Should we get into it? Here we go. Strap in. This is Crowcast Podcast. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are How's you? How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you? Oh, awesome. Not too bad, not too bad. Thank you for waiting in the no, backstage. It's like being on a festival, eh? I hope you've been drinking as well. Great in the green room back here. That's I mean, great. you know. Scott's it's... in the blue room. It's good neon lights here. Yeah. I like that, yeah. I love it. I, I, I was trying to find my colour. I think my colour's blue. I'm not sure yet. Maybe green. Although I love this. Yellow, set. Scott. Yellow. Yellow. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yellow. Yes, yellow. Missed yellow. it. Always works. On brand, <laughs> on brand. Uh, <laughs> massive congrats, boys. For anybody who's watching, um, listening to this down the line, the boys are currently midweek number six in the official charts, the official UK charts. Um, outstanding, boys. 
we we did not expect this. We did not expect this. You you'll know you'll know releasing albums yourself. You know your management gives you some sort of expectation of roughly where where you you know you, that's what we're hoping for. And we'll be honest, our kind of hope starting this campaign was maybe get the midweek somewhere in top forty. That would be the dream. Not in there because you know there's a lot of great artists and, and we're an independent band, you know, signed independent label, all that stuff. So we didn't have the biggest, you know, ex expectations of it. It was just time to show the world the album, essentially. But waking up to that news, it was it it took me like nine hours for it to sink in. And I'm just like, what is this? Specific James? Nine hours. <laughs> Nine hours and 17 minutes, and then I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I'm good with these. Six hours. <laughs> How long did it take uh, you, James? Six. Six hours. Six. Num six. Number six. Yeah, no, honestly, man, truly, yeah, exactly what Scott said. It's like, I mean, yeah, management were like that. We, we can only hope for, like, midweek top 40 and we're all having our own. I mean, we've got like other group chats for when we arrange rehearsals and things like that. So we're all in the other group chat. Like, oh, I mean, top hundred would be good. Like if we can get nuts and then, and then it came out like top six and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think yesterday I definitely had a headache because like social media was just going mental. I and the guys were just like pff, trying to keep up with it. And I, I don't know. I mean, what do you do? Like when you find out it's midweek at six, we're, we're instantly thinking like, all right, what do we do? Let's, let's make videos, let's make posts. Let's quickly just, so we've just been hammering our social media the last few hours really. But I mean, I mean, we, we, you know, we're not naive. It doesn't end there. Obviously we've been trying to tell everyone it's amazing being at six. Well, beyond amazing, but obviously it doesn't end there. We, we're just trying to push as much as we can to stay as high as we possibly can i suppose but yeah truly exceptional beyond words really yeah well i can imagine there's points because again it just brings back so many memories the past yeah. are similar yeah. and there's probably points like you said you're hammering the socials you're doing your videos you're trying to have a drink your family are ecstatic and there's yeah. a point where your phone is in your hand and you're so tired <laughs> you realize it's still in your hand and that has probably happened to you boys because i know me and shane used to laugh about it almost you're gonna bed and you're like fucking just put it down like do you know what i mean because it's glowing but you've even gone past the point where you've stopped checking it you're just like still holding your hand and you're in this disbelief of what's going on like you know so Totally. It's insane because you don't like. There's always a post you've missed to like or or respond to, and you feel awful if you don't catch it. And you, oh no, like, definitely. Ah. I think I think that's what causes the headache a bit because I don't want like I'm always trying to. I mean, I think I respond to everyone most of the time, but because this last the last few days has been quite sort of mental, there are some people that maybe we've accidentally missed or whatever, and I I think the headache comes of trying to go back like replying four days ago, five days ago, and I'm just, we're just trying to stay on as much as we possibly can for the reason of worrying of... That's rude. That's rude, guys. You need to go back. Go back a week. I, I love the disclaimer, I think. I was exactly the same. I know Shane as well, and probably you're the same. You always put, I think, because you're worried about that one person that was kind of going, well, he didn't like my post. I didn't... <laughs> Because I know what you mean. You just you don't want to leave anybody out. You're so grateful. Because um, we, we know what it's like. You're, you're in a band. You're battling away. You're playing every venue you can. You're screaming to get this record out. And then it's out. And then you just want to thank everybody for putting you where you are. Um, but you know it's not over. So it's, I, I completely echo what you say. I know what you mean. It's Even now, you're probably thinking, right, this is brilliant. And when you get off here, I know you'll be doing more work and more work and more work and then it's yeah. mad like it is bad it is bad mm -hmm. but you it have to enjoy ends. it as well boys you have to enjoy it as well like mm -hmm. for sure that's that's an important thing to remember you, you're correct you know because you can get caught up in it all just just work 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 right next video to edit whatever it is and you're right you got to sit back and and just and just and just have a moment you know it's been a long time it's been six seven years and it's you know with that comes a lot of kind of insecurities and doubt you know when like you 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 
you pack the band up, you go halfway across the country and you play to 20 people, although those 20 people are the nicest damn people in the world. You know, it's like it was a lot of that for a few years and and just to see to see what's happened recently has just been unbelievably stupendous. And I remember seeing it with you guys, you know, in wagons and Stonebroken and it's just um, it's, it's a pleasure to be doing something sort of similar esque. It's, it's quite it's quite difficult to describe because you obviously you put your heart and soul into something to create an album first, or say you could almost argue that like you just said there, Scott, you're going around the country playing these shows to hardly anybody. Then you create a fan base. Then you go because um, because you're good at what you do on stage. Then you go and put everything you've got into an album, and then people buy it. And then there's that week of, oh, right, we're going to get it charted. Like the desk holder now, your, your, your record's out. Um, the desk holder waiting. There's so many of these stages mentally that are like really tough. And I don't think, unless you're in it, you, don't re- you can't really describe it. And you hope it goes well. And then if it surpasses your expectations, it's just an overwhelming, euphoric feeling. It's just, wow, people out there have got what we do. It's like it's a, such a buzz. So... I'm completely with you, but it's brought back memories. Ronnie just saying there now, like number six, we were so we. It was like, I just want to get wrecked now, to be honest. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. not just that. It's the camaraderie with you because you're, you're all brothers. You you go through everything in that van, argue. Whatever you do is in the van. It's in your church. And it's like even when it was happening, like like exactly the same as you guys, you're almost like messaging each other private going, we're in top 40. We're a top 40, we're a top 40 band. And then you have a panic again because you kind of, you feel like you've been winded and go, but we could lose all that next week. Yeah, we could yeah. lose all that. And it's like that emotion. Yeah, it's, emotion. <laughs> it's so funny. I almost wish like the, the I, I, I wish the midweek was maybe secret and you find out after. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost yeah. like a fate. It goes, oh, look where you are. It's almost Jim Bowen on Bullseye. Let's have a look at what they could have won. <laughs> Take the speedboat yeah. away. Take it away. I know. I mean, oh. literally, we're, I was looking at it today, and um, I'm looking at who's, like, where and stuff, and uh, I'm seeing this girl's name, something Larson. I mean, I say that like she's nothing. She's, like, some massive artist. And she was, like, I think... Um, where is she? Maybe 11 or something, wherever. But I know that literally at the start of the week, she was on like Good Morning Britain and yeah. all the big channels having interviews. And I'm thinking, yeah, we're, we're six right now, but you're going to get there, ain't you? You're yeah. going to pass us. You're going to take that lovely little spot we've got, unless everyone gets behind it. But yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you see these huge artists and stuff. I mean, it taught us because at one point, like, obviously, we had, like, uh, I think there was Green Day went straight to one. So we were like, well, fucking one is gone, isn't it? One is gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then... Um, things are Leon. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you're like, right, one is gone. Selfish buggers. They've had enough. Um, and then you look at number two, and I think it was, like, I don't know, Lewis Capaldi or whatever. We were like, bastard. Okay, that's too gone. Um, and M&M. then, yeah, we went in at three. We went in at three, then went to wow. six midweek. So when they when they told us that fact, we were like, no, because you you kind of don't want to know, because then you you do start looking around, James. You're so right, buddy. You you start looking around, and I'm going, Stormzy. Um, <laughs> yeah. and my point, my point's like, ah, yeah. I know. Dead. I think I think the one that got me there was two. When I was looking at it, I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. Talking to family, friends, and then I'm like, yeah. So who's there? Ah, Ed Sheeran. Oh. <laughs> The weekend, who just did the Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know what? It's it's still awesome, nonetheless. It's still it's, amazing, and it's I so think, cool to be there. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Be be proud, man. So cool. It's a great achievement. And like you said, if everybody kind of buys the album, let's let's see where it goes. But um, yeah. you're obviously super proud of it, yeah. The whole songwriting side of things, and yeah, I mean, this album is like it's unique from other albums because it's like seven years of our life it's like it's not every day an album takes seven years to make and and how it evolves but there's still you know there's still some parts of the album that are from the first year and some parts from the seventh year and you're like parts from high school 
some parts from high school and you're like <laughs> like we'll never probably be able to write an album like this again in that in that sense because yeah. you know it's um we're now going to go into that the routine you know the band's routine where yeah. maybe three an album's maybe three odd years of your life sort of cycle and moving on which is you know still great it will, it will actually bring the other side of our writing out in that sense but yeah i mean it's it's quite emotional to finally like it's like we're sailing off you know once once friday hits and you know the chart week's over it's is almost sealing off that album and yeah going into new territory which is mind-blowing i do, I do, I do <laughs> yeah. love talking about songwriting and stuff with with other bands and, and songwriters because like you just said there james like what was it high school or seven years ago a good song is a good song we keep saying that on every co-cast but um <laughs> It, it is one of the, the rare things, like, in, in the career, you can write something 10 years ago and it can still stand its time now. now. Like, a, yeah. that's a testament to how good the song is. I don't think that happens in, in many sort of um, lines of work. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, oh, it's done, yeah. updated. You can, you can spin it, you can twist it, you can, if the, if the content of the song is good. Um, so, if, so, taking that on board, what are the songs that you, I don't know which one wrote it, but all those years ago, it obviously evolved then when you brought it to the table with the boys, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's been it's been so weird because, like, there's not many from when we were in high school. There's like two, I think. If yeah. I'm right, Scott, out of reach and where I belong, are yeah. from way back. Um, so yeah, they were a certain way for so long, and then when it came down to actually, right, we're going to make an album now. We're actually going to record it. I think we just went back through it and this time we had like a band so like i mean back in high school it was just me and scott but now making an album you've got a band you've got all the guys got mark um matthew and craig so it's like we just send all these things we talk about the ideas and it, it just slowly i think we've maybe like made five or six versions of them not that they completely change just in the sense that we're like oh but this bit this bit could just just smooth it out a little bit change that word you know it's just little things happened and through time i mean a lot of people have noticed changes in out of reach in particular because the, go on youtube right now and search for it you'll see us playing it in like 2015 with hair down to our you know our ass and uh yeah it's different but i think i mean i hope we definitely made these improvements for the better i mean we're definitely definitely happy with it like i think listening back to it I don't think I or the guys would change anything on it. And it's all subjective, of course, but I think um, I think we, we went as far as we possibly could with the improvements we could make at this level of our songwriting so far. Um, I mean, hopefully we'll top it on album two, but this is where we are right now in terms of the songs and what we could do to them. So when you guys were writing songs, when you all kind of added your parts and stuff, and then went into the studio, and then it changed again with producers and stuff, or? Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, it did. Um, I went to New York to record during, during lockdown. And that is when, you know, Shane, I don't, I don't know too much about like, your singing history and stuff, but up until that moment, I was what you would call like natural singer i didn't i hadn't really looked too much into the actual art of singing and you know maybe how to sing correctly and and how to get the, the most out of my voice um and we i learned you know things like keys i was singing in the wrong key for instance our whole the whole time for years which would explain <laughs> which explains why you know it shows i would struggle so much but i would put so much energy in but at the end of the show i'd be dead my voice was gone um but we brought you know the producer brian just kind of showed me this kind of way and you know we figured out like different jaw positions for me to sing in and realized that I've, I've got a tiny speech impediment like i struggle with a few words like you know th's and stuff and f's so kind of went through some of those kind of words maybe changed them around to try and kind of you know obviously not not highlight that too much and it was a massive learning experience that i could never ever uh, be more thank thankful for so you're saying, wow. yeah, just thankful yeah. instead of thankful. I think, uh, I think, I think it's true though. Like these, you know, it starts as like a maybe a riff on a guitar, and then it ends up in like a, some singing on it, and you get a draft, 
and then you, you rehearse it with the band, the band's solid, and you go into the studio and still maybe one or two things can change. And that's what happened with us. The odd little bit, you know, some things were created there and then, like where it belonged, the outro guitar solo, I will remember that just came out of nowhere. And then again, when Scott then went to do vocals, so it kind of each little step, something yeah. happened. And that's pretty, it's cool to see. I mean, we're fairly, well, we are inexperienced to that because this is the first album. So uh, we've got no experience of recording an album. So yeah, I, it's interesting to know going forward with songwriting, knowing that what we think is it and what we're about to go in and now record probably isn't. There's going to be new things added. Scott's no doubt going to do what he did with this album, which honestly i swear to god the the vocals we thought were awesome and they were awesome but then when scott managed to to just learn some new things and and do it again it just came back like i was gobsmacked personally yeah um because i'm I'm a fan of it so i was super blown away and i think the vocals are class on this album um as they are yours shane they are very good scott bro Fair yeah. play yeah. to you. Hats off, brother. Great. Oh, thank you. It's so nice to hear that from yourself because I am a massive fan. Because I, I would say you're one of the top singers around here by far, definitely. Like, and Cheers, I don't bro. think anyone can really argue that, to be honest. Bloody hell. That, that was lovely. Thank you so much. No, no, it's just true. Back to the green. That's us. <laughs> No, I thank you, bro. That's that's, that's wonderful to, to say. That's really nice. But um, I, I, everything with this band, boys, it it didn't feel like a debut album, to be honest. I mean, we were fortunate to hear it. It didn't feel like a debut album. It found like an it sounded like an established band. Um, that's been on the road. Um, it was polished. It, it had the the riffs and the grooves and a killer vocal. It was like tick tick tick. Bro, thanks very much. <laughs> we never know. We never know. I think we sometimes sit when, like, I mean, thanks so much. We, but yeah. we sometimes never know what to say because we've been, we've been, we've been with these songs and for so long and and uh, trying to work on them and stuff. So then to finally have it here, it's kind of like, have we got it out? Is it out now? Yeah, it still feels, yeah. yeah. The mixer, Chris Sheldon, he was like that. Was there was a few parts in the album process where it was like step up the level where for instance the, like going away and doing the vocals um i'm not the biggest fan of listening to myself i think it's just something that is, yeah. it just happens with everyone um but even i coming back i was happy to listen to the vocals the next step of that was chris sheldon with getting some of these mixes back and yeah i'm a bit naive in the in that side of the the music business and recording and mixing and mastering and i, I didn't really I haven't really prop, properly realised the potential that, and the difference that can be made. And he done astounding work, and it was just a privilege to work with him. Anyone that's like worked with Foo Fighters and stuff like that, like count me in. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I yeah. want to hear what they can do. He was absolutely extraordinary. Didn't didn't expect that. So where, where was the re- record recorded all together then, guys? Was it Parture in there, or was it all in one place with one producer, or...? Yeah, well, the it was recorded in Riverside in um, Glasgow, so that's yeah. on our doorstep. So yeah. the music was all done there, and then Scott went and did vocals in New York, and then mixed with Chris Sheldon. I will, by the way, mention that the intro track was done in this room, in my little bedroom, because uh, oh, yeah. there was a there was a bit of an error. An error occurred during the process of the album and we were expecting that intro to be like right we'll we'll just record acoustic guitars on it and we'll have vocals on it so we did to it and the rest will we'll throw it all in and that would come because we had someone that was going to do it and then that someone wasn't able to do it so we're like fuck <laughs> so then we were like right but we can't just leave it the way it is that's not an intro to an album so yeah we just pulled out some stuff and craig as well uh drummer of the band helped me big time and just put it together and used stuff on pro tools and that and we just tried and tried I to make some stuff bro i absolutely love yeah. that right really? <laughs> when i've yeah. got an album here i've got you know the songs i i think are my favorites and stuff and, and what for and that was one of them the intro what, reborn? yeah yeah the, the intro i don't know it just a chest made me feel something and um i kind of wanted it to be a full-blown track and i think it, the, the it, song on a full fighters album what was it uh 
where they've done the same. They did this little intro, and I wanted it to be a, a full blown track. Yeah, they're gonna seem like uh, they're buggers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now you've seen it was done in your bedroom. I love that. Well, um, only only the, the bits, slit strings and stuff. Like oh, James, got... James, it was done in your bedroom. Keep that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was, um, that was always part of a song. That was always part of No Regret or Broken Sun. I can't remember. It's one of the yeah. two in the live set. So I would come out, you know, we'd start that. But we yeah. just felt like, I don't know, we just felt like we just wanted to be one of those artsy, fancy bands that have an intro, you know? <laughs> like we like the intro idea we thought let's it's been seven years let's make people wait another 90 seconds you know <laughs> yeah like you've got it you've got it let's yeah. make them wait that extra night there you go <laughs> it's it's on send the complaints to scott oh, <laughs> uh, so I, I asked the discoder boys what's your favorite song on the record boys it's it's going to let someone else go first it's always going to be where I belong for me. Just the as the, the the touch, kind of the personal touch there. Uh, wrote at a horrible time of my life when I was a teenager, and from the one of the lowest points, Kate has given me the highest points in my life. When and and you guys will know this as well because you've got some cracking cracking emotional heartstringers. When an audience sings your song yeah. to you. It's just one of the best feelings on the planet, um, especially in horrible clubs because then the they take over the microphone and you can't even hear yourself and mm-hmm. and it's just a just a crowd going, um, and so I just find it so bloody ironic that the lowest point gives me the high the highest points in my life. So that will, that's got to be my favorite every time I listen to it. I think of that. I was really pleased to hear that type of song on the album to be honest um because i am a big lover of the highs and lows thing um on on a record a journey do you know what i mean and um it was yeah and even the placement of it on the album um because i've actually got that down as one of my favorite songs on the album so it's mad you've picked two there that i've gone yes that's why i agree <laughs> not, that, not, that, not that it means anything but i'm just saying um that that came across bud uh scott um the emotion and stuff in that track so uh what about you james uh, I mean, yeah, Scott, <laughs> you're able to just say one, and I, I struggle because it's just I can think of something for all of them. I do, I really can. I can remember aspects about them. You know, I remember, I remember me and Scott getting together in my my little bedroom back before I had my own flat, and we used to sit in there with my room crammed together with my whole life in it, and. <laughs> try and make these things you know and we'd go outside in the close um and we'd talk about them excited thinking oh how cool was that and when we're going to get on stage and do that you know i remember those times and it's hard to pick for that but i I guess with that being said i would maybe at the moment um i change it all the time by the way but at the moment i think i would say out of reach and the reason for that is because um yeah that i've got memories of us being um, in high school and when Scott had his first flight as well, we went there when we were like 16 or something crazy like that. And just remember the feeling of making these tunes and, and having no audience at that point, you know, no one. And it was just, just us. And, and just knowing now that people love it is just such a, such a amazing sort of circle. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take out a reach for that reason. Sweet, love that. There's um, there's some banging riffs on there too, bud. Fair play to you. The, I've got two on your ad that I love. Hold on, favorite riff I put. Um, and find my way. Yeah, find my way. Yeah, the riff yeah, yeah. for the start, meaty, love it. Yes, no. definitely. Wait, what was that, Scott? Explain that one because I love that riff. What was riff? that riff always on? Finds my way. Did you change that? Because I love um, that's my favorite. No, actually, that, album. Yeah, I don't think that was ever actually changed. I think I made that one and left it as it was. The only thing that changed was the outro, um, because the same riffs there, but the, the heavy beat comes in, um, which is always a favorite moment playing it live. Um, so it only lasts for about what ten seconds or something, but that's one of the best ten seconds of the set because you, you see everyone's head suddenly like fast. It's a fast song, like do 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 do, and then towards the end, then they all go, oh, okay. 
like that. <laughs> that's good to see. Yeah. <laughs> Best 10 seconds of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I had a relationship like I once. Anyway, um, no, <laughs> that's a quote. Yeah, that's what she said. Anyway, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, so how did you boys get into music? Where did it all start? Let's start with you, James. What was what was the artist band that got you picking up the guitar, bud? Um, I mean I, I mean I always I mean my brother had um a guitar first and I was jealous because I had a drum kit. So I was about eight or something and I wanted a guitar just to spite him. So I then got a guitar, but I think it started mainly because of uh, seeing um, Eddie Van Halen on TV doing Jump. And I know there's not much guitar in that, which is a strange song to, to choose, but I just remember like the, the colored guitar and the dance moves and the spins and the kicks and all that stuff. And I was just like really into that as a kid. And my parents were always super, super into to, to rock and metal and all that stuff. So Eddie Van Halen is what started off for me. And then I... At nine, got my guitar, started on Jingle Bells, and then did my first gig in my primary school, doing like the, the Christmas play. Yeah, and then I just started learning Slash and Zach Wild and uh, Doug Aldridge and just all these bands like Ozzy and just big bands that I loved, and I've just never stopped really. Jingle Bells is probably the most rock and roll Christmas song, though, isn't it? Yeah, if you're I gonna mean, pick a Christmas song, it. Jingle Bells is the rock and roll one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it says bells at the end, you know. It's Metallica, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> I love that man. What about you, Scott? Um, so yeah, I was I was a wannabe guitar player, to be honest. Um, I I wasn't. I think in my teenage years, I wasn't really a singer. I never thought about it. Maybe singing in the shower. Um, that'd be about it. I was in love with X Factor and pop music, so I probably wasn't the best person for that um, sort of job. But no, I was um, the guitar player with James because we met at school maybe second year in music class, and I, I liked keys and I liked guitar. Um, but, you know, we were in a few bands over the years and there was never a singer. You know, if yeah. you think back to school, what was there never any of? There was never any drummers singers and a few bass players everyone wanted to be a guitar player and know. friends so we i i had um it started really getting into a wee bit of heavy death metal around 15 16 but we got to fifth year in school and we had to do sound production and it was a cool thing for the music class. You could either go and do musical performance or you could go do sound production where basically your year's target was make two songs, just do two covers. And I, James heard me do, I think it was Rain Wizard, Blackstone Cherry, which is one of my favourite songs, but he, he heard me do it at some point somewhere and he wanted me to sing for him on his project Well, that was one of his songs if I'm correct in saying and Thin Lizzy what was it Thin Lizzy? Yeah. Cold Sweat? no it was Dancing in the Moonlight Dancing oh, in the Moonlight oh my god which is when we were in high school playing metal together because I was also yeah. into death metal and Lamb of God and all that stuff in high school still am um, and Scott was screaming, and yeah. then so at some point Scott sang like Rain Wizard or something, and I was like, "Ah, oh, that was nice." Um, can we sing Thin Lizzy for my school track or something? Yeah. And then, yeah, and and then James kind of just hammered in that fact, and you know, it doesn't take a lot to convince someone to not be a screamer because it's a very hard thing to do, and it's like, do you not want to do that every night, and would you rather sing melody? So. Like, fuck yeah let's do that and it kind of just began like that and i feel i felt like for the last kind of five years maybe in the last two years it's changed that i was kind of just i was kind of just the only guy here for the part if you know what i mean (laughs) but now i guess now now i guess i'm that singer i would i I dropped the guitar and it was the best thing that ever happened to me was uh, i stopped trying to play guitar and sing at the same time i got to go into that your biggest fear of not having anything to hide behind do those 10 shows that were awful not knowing what to do with my hands and now get to a point where i can just do it very comfortably and having something actually having something to do is now the problem like if i have a guitar i'm like what do i do now <laughs> i can just like to be like to be that guy now that just walks about with my with my wireless mic <laughs> yeah 
Why do you think I'm always on balconies, dude? It's, it's just something to do. There's <laughs> a balcony in a, in, a, in a venue. Oh, I'm up on that. It's just something to do. I've had a few scares, though. I've had a Have few, you? yeah, near leg breakers because, I'd, you know, you're probably the same. You jump on the, the, the speakers. Do you ever get on the speakers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of these days. It's going to bite me in the ass. I, I fell off the stage once as well. I fell yeah. off the stage right before going on when we were supporting Dan Reed behind the curtain. Um, I put my foot down and there was a, just a hole. So I fell through the hole, nearly broke my leg, smashed my guitar off the wall. Uh, and then we were on about 20 seconds later and I was limping and it was, I, I, I don't remember to be honest. I just remember, um, people telling me to smile like they always do, but I'm like, I'm in pain <laughs> motherfucker. But, <laughs> we, uh, we did we did a show in the early days have you played in wales a place called club club over bach no i think no. so bit of a mouthful but you'll know it when you play there anyway <laughs> um so we played this show back in the day and shane um jumped off a box but landed straight on one of my cymbal stands so his foot literally, it, it was your full ankle, wasn't it? On the leg of the cymbal stand. Because it's one of those shows where, fucking, I think it was S, uh, we supported the, um, the, then it was the Amorettes, then it was the treatment. And, you know, you're on a tiny stage as it is. And then obviously, you know, there's two drum kits on a tiny stage. So I just remember Shane just turning and his ankle just went. And he was like, I just remember mid song. He's like, "Fuck my ankle!" And he, and he, and he like, he like carried, he like carried on, because <laughs> you know it's like on stage, you got a different language to the crowd. You look at each other, and you're like, oh, "Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it!" But no one knows, like. And then afterwards, his ankles like, and I was like, "Ah, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Come on, let's go for a beer." Next day, he's in fucking hospital. He proper, oh, yeah, yeah, proper Jeez. done it, didn't he? Yeah, Lloyd is, Lloyd is watching backstage, and he's putting a private chat. Um, I think I've done a Dave Grohl, and I and I and I remember I remember saying that like I remember the face to Ronnie because I'm going back to the crowd and I'm going, fuck! I, I, I think I broke my ankle, and then I said to the crowd because I can't I'm not I'm not moving now like I used did before the songs. I think I've done a fucking Dave Grohl, and then like Ronnie said, then are oh, you be alright? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be alright. We went out on the piss and all night, didn't we, in Cardiff? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yes, then within um. And then was in hospital then the day before, uh, the day after. Um, <laughs> I used to live in Wales, by the way, when I was about four, I think. I think I was about Did four. You? I had a Welsh accent. Yep. I had a Welsh accent. I had a lot. I lived in Pontypridd. That's just on oh. the road. You yeah. Just just again. Again. I, I again. mean, I'm, I'm saying it wrong. Is it Pont- Pontypridd? No. <laughs> Nearly. The, the two Pont- Ds at the end oh. is Pontypridd. It's a TH. Uh, Scott, you know that lesson you learned in New York? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was quite a while ago. Quite a while ago. Um, oh, very close to Ponte Preve. I'll need to find out what the school was I went to and all that stuff. Unless it's that bad that it doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. It's not. I mean, it's not far from us. The weird things with schools around here, they're, they're knocking them all down and building super schools. So it's kind of like I've turned into my dad where it's like, I used to go to school there. And, and, it's like, he's gone. and like yeah. my kids are like, he's ancient. <laughs> Getting to that spot as well. I was, I was in my, my hometown the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, this all changed. It's all changed. Yeah. So it's like it's so different. And you're like, oh my god, am I just old now? Am I um we those people that when we were yeah. kids were like, Oh, I remember there used to be a pub here. And my dad, every time, oh yeah, this used to be a pub. I'm saying that now. This used to be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> so so was, how, how come you lived in Wales, James? Sorry to go back around. Uh, I mean, like I'm from England. Boo, so no offense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I'm, I'm from England, but I get stick obviously because the band's all Scottish. And uh, I, my dad did like this graphics design and stuff and oh, we right. ended up in Wales and then we went back to England and then I ended up in Glasgow. Uh, so I've been in Glasgow for like the last 13, 14 years. So pretty much my entire teenage life, I moved when I was like 13. So it's my whole teenage and adult life. So I do just class myself as being from here, although I was obviously born in England, but my life is here. So it's um, it's odd. It's odd because, I, I mean, I always ask people, well, usually people tell me, but my accent probably sounds a bit 
strange maybe because um some people ask me where i'm from because i don't sound english or i do sound english or i sound muffed or i don't know it's what it is no i didn't want to ask that earlier um <laughs> like when we did the no when we did the, when we did the mic with your voice i was like well, I it was me and i thought it's the amount of leapers maybe i've had but i was like he doesn't sound scottish or is he from like a scottish village where it's quite a clean <laughs> because well, there is Born like in the we, garden, love, yeah. <laughs> we love scotland we've we've always said that on your um we absolutely love scotland um yeah. but there are different parts where it's stronger same as wales valleys and towns etc the accent gets stronger same as all across england there's there's different languages but i didn't know whether you had like more of a, a cleaner scottish accent so i've been trying to kind of pick it out um but yeah. not you know it's uh it's a journey dude we all end up in different places yeah. don't we I, do you know what? it's been great because like i have this sort of heartfelt feeling towards it because this is where obviously i met scott we started the band if not for that precise moment of coming to glasgow when i did and put being put into scott's music class you know so there you go but what age do you pick up the guitar at nine were you in wales at that time no, definitely Damn. not. No, I think yeah. I was about. Could have claimed you, Ed. Yeah, I'm gonna claim it. Welsh guitar extraordinaire, James Bird. He's <laughs> <laughs> not Scottish. He's Welsh. Yep. <laughs> okay. Never mind, Dan. What about your dad? <laughs> so, was the last show you played um, Winter's End, boys, or did you manage to do anything after that, or were you the same as us and? We done the Planet Rock, Rock the Asylum. That was the only other show that we yes. done, but that was yeah, the No Audience show, which was so weird but so cool. Um, yeah. But no, the last time we see an audience was, was with you guys. You know, Winners End. Yeah. It was. We just yeah. didn't know, did we, guys? We didn't know. No, no we, just, I mean, we were all happy. <laughs> you know, this is a this is a perfect opportunity. Me, uh, can't speak opportunity. It's not water, it's it's a strong gin. It's a great chance for me to finally actually say something as well because um, you guys were headlining that, which was a blinder of a set, and we had flown down from Glasgow because it was just such a long journey, man, to get there. So we were like, all right, it's one night, let's just fly down. We'll, we'll pack all our stuff into like little bags and stuff. And so we never took like pedal boards and things like that. And uh, we got into the lodge, as you say, in the caravan type stuff. And I went into the kitchen and I pulled out a kitchen tray, like for the oven, and put all my pedals on that. And then we went onto stage with that. And you guys walked on after and probably looked and thought, what the fuck is this kid on with? And I'm walking off with a, a pedal board made of a kitchen tray. So I just needed to say that that's not the, that's not the norm for us, okay? Carry on. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I just remember enjoying it. It was like you were a different band to what I'd seen in Steelhouse because it was like a just a, it was just a different vibe. You could tell everything, but I know you had some technical. Uh, I think there was like a few technical things. I just remember I love it because you're as passionate as us. So where some people come off the stage and they're like, "Oh, hello, darling, what an amazing show that was," you're like us. You're like, "Fucking hell, that couldn't have gone any fucking worse." Um, <laughs> So there's no like high fives and yeah, wicked guys, great job. You're like you're straight in there going, that went fucking wrong. That should have gone right. Um, I think it was. Uh, I, I think we had tried for the first time some wireless. Well, no, it wasn't the first time, but I, I know I had just bought a new wireless system. And we went mm -hmm. down. We're like, can't wait to try this out. It's a big stage. It's going to be awesome. Maybe we'll run off to the other side. Blah blah blah. And the one thing we forgot to do was let the uh, sound guys know the channels and all that stuff. So. First set, like Scott came into my ear and was like, "Yeah, your uh, guitar's cutting off. So, can you fix it?" So I'm like, <laughs> "I mean, I don't think I heard you the first time, Scott. I think it's tell me a few times." Yeah, well, this was like I've just gotten into in ears on in stage, and I'm now having the pleasant but un unpleasant experience of hearing the bands in my ears. So if anything goes wrong, it's horrible. Yeah. So I had James, yeah. So it's like a James coming in and out, and then doing that, and I'm like, oh my goodness, he has to stop. He has to stop and fix this thing, and then and then you need to go tell him. So it's great to have it, but it really throws you off, and you got to you got you know you got to keep going with the show and all that because yeah. At the end end of the day like 
the best way to get through technical problems is just to laugh it off and have fun with it. Um, otherwise, there's no point in getting angry about it. And you can that's what you can talk about after the show. It's like, at least we had a good laugh, boys, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, that was rife with problems, but it was so much fun at the same time so it was a weird yeah. one and and then getting to sit back up in the kind of balcony bit and have a have a drink and relax and see you guys do like a headline set because you know i know as a band you know being asked to do like a headline set is a different requirement from just your normal run of the mill show you know you're going to have bigger props you're going to have a lot more pressure on you so it's amazing to see it and you bloody nailed it you know it's not easy it's not every band can do that we probably um, spoke a few times after your set too, very drunk at that point. So um, again, I'll just apologise for any for anything that may or may didn't uh, may didn't may or may not. I remember the conversation that me and James had, but it's not for Crowcast. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it was great, boys. It was, it was such a great atmosphere. I, I feel your pain with the news. We just come off a tour, kind of getting used to them. Um, having constant problems, constant adjustments. And I remember thinking I was halfway through like playing that set and I'm like, yeah, this is fucking, this is happening. Like everything sounded great in the year. And it's almost like, I think Shiner or, or it wouldn't be, no, I don't think it was David. It was Shiner asked for something different. And cause he asked for something different. That's it. Then you look across and you go, who's fucking changed that? Who's changed that? And of course, you're still playing while you're doing that. So you're like looking around going, my in-news has changed. Has anyone else's in-news has changed? So you're doing the eye thing. Looking. Um, and then like halfway through the, through the set, I remember thinking, oh, no, my, my sound's going weird. And it, and it felt like I was underwater. And that's obviously, I, I meant to pull like Vaseline or someone said a tip afterwards um, because my ears had got so wet that it was getting, so it was like opening and closing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, so it sounded a bit, yeah, sound a bit whirly. But best thing I did, um, only because of the moment, as they say, took them out and bump, you could hear the crowd. And I was just like, oh, fuck. And then <laughs> it was at that point, I didn't, I nearly fell off the stage because I just remember <laughs> kind of going, whoa, whoa. That was, it's just the excitement. It was such a great, great night. I'm watching yeah. you guys, you were smashing it. Um, it was just such a, you know, it was a, it was a banger, I call it, like a proper great show. Um, shame it was the last one, as in like with a with a full crowd. How did totally. you find? How did you find the streaming? With um, that's an interesting one because we obviously did the same. How did you find that um, that that kind of situation? I. I kind of loved it. I won't lie. I couldn't have it over it. I couldn't have it over live shows. Not a doubt. But um, I, I saw it. I felt the challenge. I felt like I was going to have to entertain through every good break in the songs because the break in the songs is the hardest part, you know, for you. And um, I didn't, certainly didn't do the best, but I was I was happy with it. And I thought that's a cool challenge. And I thought it's if getting used to this will come in handy in the future. You know, getting used to the only thing I would say on it is, uh, like, I mean, you go and do the gigs and it's cool, but one of the things that you kind of go to do as well is that you're, you, I mean, we, we make music and we play music and we do them at shows because it involves people. So after each song to then, you know, be like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like those 10 seconds, Shane, that I mentioned off the end of that riff, you're like, oh, all right, cool. Riff, riff, riff. And song's done. How would you think? Ah, no one's there yeah yeah that was kind of shite you know i mean that was the downfall to that but it's nonetheless it was still cool to do definitely um pretty surreal to do it but um yeah kind of a i think it it can never replace an actual gig i don't think yeah it was a bit war of the worlds we said or um it was just a bit bizarre because you like you said you do the big crescendo yeah bang and then Mm. it's silent and you can just see little red lights in the in the distance, yeah. that's what I mean. Um, it was bizarre. I mean, it, it was a brilliant start for Shane. He came out. He didn't read the uh, he didn't read the rules. Um, <laughs> the first thing he does is he come out. And we do our 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 fucking signature with those damn crows, and he's like, "Are you fucking ready?" And then he's like, "You're not supposed to swear." <laughs> I didn't know her, but then we come off, and John Norman was like, um, "Well, did you read the contract?" I was like, "No." Uh, there's no <laughs> I was like, literally, 10 seconds. You said about 10 seconds, James. On stage, first 10 seconds. 
But hey, you know, the good stories don't come from the people that follow the rules. The rule yeah. breakers make the good stories. <laughs> there you go. That's my, uh, that's my sort of quote for the night. Wise words, brother. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I always say that now. James told me. <laughs> no, James told me. <laughs> Please do. Take it with you. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's um, talk about stories then. What's the funniest thing that's happened on tour with the boys? Anything that kind of jumps out that you're allowed to tell us? France. <laughs> oh, He's already there. Boom. Tell us. <laughs> We always talk about yeah. France because we were lucky enough to, um, have, we got asked to go and play, was the place called Montalivet, Scott? Is that? Is it, that? it was close. It was very close. Montalivet. Montalivet. Oh. It's TH. You're not getting the TH. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Stonebroken had done it, Bad Touch had done it, and so we've obviously somewhere came into the sort of site of these folks and it was like a biker festival uh in the south of france right on the, the coast by the the sea and everything and we went over there it was just to be like abroad doing a gig it's the first time for i mean maybe not for matthew but for the rest of us it was the first time to go abroad and do a show and then we we turned up picked up by the the french folks and then we drive down towards the uh the venue and then we we get there and it's a biker festival so there's like harleys there's choppers there's leather jackets there's just rock fans everywhere and it's awesome we're just walking about bonjour 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 like obviously <laughs> not great at french so um we get there and the stage is huge there's like two screens it was like a mini download or something and there's a catwalk scott straight away like catwalk i'm going down that um so we're just buzzed man we were just absolutely buzzed to be there um so everything happened. Everything happened. Um, Scott got hit by a, by a firework at the yeah. end of the show because they, they, the fireworks went off. Scott got hit by one, burnt a hole right in his jacket. That was great. So I had a jumper on and it burned a hole through my hood. So it's came. There was no fences in it and we were like 40 meters away. They just started a firework display backstage. Yay. Um, and honestly, and I, oh, I shit myself and I was. God, running away and to jump her off and honestly yeah james was right a few inches right hole through my have been very <laughs> much in the face yeah totally and then the band would have been ruined um but no we were there we had to we that was a saturday night we couldn't get a flight back till the monday so the, the festival was on for the sunday too so we st stuck around and then craig of all people in the band who doesn't really drink uh said uh, do you want to go get a pint? So we're all like, yes, okay. Um, so that pint turned into a walk down to the beach, stopping off at every bar, getting to the end, seeing the, the ocean and seeing some people that had seen us the night before that then started translating for us and we were just getting hammered. And then um, I think Craig got punched by a bouncer. Mark went missing. We, we witnessed a car crash as well. We were just we were trying to walk back because we were this is way too late in the night. Yeah. The night was done and we we middle of well, south of France and then just suddenly we're like Matthew's on the floor, Craig's shouting at him to get up, to man the fuck up is what I think he said. <laughs> trying to get him up and then all of a sudden we hear screeching and then this car just comes out of nowhere, jumps over a roundabout, crashes into a pole, the people got out and ran away. And we're just looking at each other like, is this is this happening? Matthew shoots up. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just a great time. It was a great time. We get yeah. back. Scott walks back to the caravan, which has blood all over the floor, and we're all like, "Where's the blood came from?" Because none of us are bleeding. I, well, was it Scott? I, I don't know. It was just. It was just awesome. But maybe we don't have enough time to go through it. So we'll, maybe you guys can share some stories of yours. There we go. That's brilliant. We we should definitely go on tour because well, it's just epic to be honest. That's it's been an absolute pleasure um, talking to you. Congratulations on the album, boys. Yes, um, super proud. Brilliant. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. Honestly, you guys, are Mason Hill against the wall is out now, guys. 
It's a great record. Um, if one of you good music, go and get it now and help these boys in the charts. Um, outstanding. There it is. www.masonhillofficial.com Oh, thanks for having Thank us, you, guys. guys. Honestly, it's been so cool to be among some so many esteemed guests that you've had on this podcast. It's been well done to you guys, and thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure, and honestly, boys, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the sleepless nights now for the next couple of days. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're behind you. The, the whole rock community is behind you and genuinely can't wait to grab you for a beer now. Next time we get together, make sure you don't have to dash off the same as us and we'll uh, yeah. we'll have a proper beer and, and, and a proper hookup like, you know? And James, you'll oh, be speaking Welsh agree. by the end of it, son. That's the t- <laughs> that is the task. You know that now. We're genuinely going to get you with a Welsh okay. accent by the end of the night. No there. problem. No problem. Let's do it. <laughs> Before you go, boys, we got a single here that you kindly give us to, to show. Um, who we are do you want to tell us where how this was recorded and stuff or james i mean we're you know heavy rock band but we also love a ballad which where belong shows and who we are was just another song that started it's the first one i ever attempted to do um in terms of vocals i can't sing for shit but scott can thank god and it just came off really nice and the whole point behind it is as i've said to many people already positivity as I've said before, COVID is shit. We all hate it. And hopefully this song is why we chose it as well. Could just give a little bit of um, a nice positive feeling and looking forward to the good times coming back again. There we go. Perfectly put. Scott James, thank you so much, boys. Crow Family, this is Who We Are by Mason Hill.
Thanks for listening to Crowcast Podcast. Don't forget, this episode is also available to watch on our YouTube channel. For up-to-date information on everything Crows, follow us on all our socials or visit our website, thosedamncrows.com. Tidy. Ta-da!